no, the music's not playing. The Doomsday Podcast, where the people are doomed because doom and doom and boo 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 boo. The Doomsday of the Doomsday Podcast. Doomsday. The Doomsday Podcast. And the Doomsday. Doomsday. Why do I keep saying doomsday, 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 Amistay, doomsday podcast, doomsday. Maybe if I do it good enough, I'll get a doomsday podcast. <laughs> doomsday, the doomsday podcast. Fuck that guy who said he didn't like the burning though. Fuck him. Doomsday. It's hello, this is the Doom Show. I heard you heard everything you said about it. This will probably be the cold of the show. This is the Doomsday Show. It's an excellent podcast, by the way. I, I've never watched it. I never listened to it. I'll have to check it out. Doom it's very fun. They, they they focus on they fe- they focus on Italian horror, especially. Which is well, I like Italian horror. Yeah. Welcome to the Doomsday Show. Uh, okay, we'll get into it. Disengage this computer now. Dracula, the noble vampire, and his nemesis, Professor von Helsing. In reality. Actors Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, here seen under the direction of Alan Gibson during the making of the latest and certainly most up-to-date resurrection of the deadly Transylvanian in Dracula, A.D. 1972. The resounding presence of today's transatlantically successful rock group, Stoneground by name, reaffirms the film title's assertion of mob modernity. These attractive party crashers you will find are the contemporary devotees of Dracula. They are led by Johnny Alucard. What is it about that name? Descendants, they tell us, of Dracula's greatest disciple. Naturally, their elders and betters are less than pleased. So what's to do but call for help? Here's one of their elders who'll better them at almost any deviltry just as soon as he gets his fangs in. Indeed, Christopher Lee has loomed all six feet four inches of him through the prize horror roles since he first lurched into dominance as the monster in The Curse of Frankenstein. Little wonder that this genuinely scholarly and mild-mannered gentleman, fluent in eight languages and deriving his descent from one of the oldest Italian noble families, has been crowned Prince of Terror. He defers graciously to the late Boris Karloff as king. At home in London with his wife, actress Birgit, and nine-year-old daughter, Christina, the aura of monstrosity is much diminished. Here the scholar comes to the fore, but are not even these lucubrations ever so slightly tainted with that major preoccupation? I've been to the country where he lived, I've been to the ruins of his castle, I have seen the monasteries and been there that he endowed, and I can assure every one of you who is listening or is watching that Vlad V 
Cephas Dracula did exist. Even the prince must be up and out into the frosty crack of foggy dawn for another meeting with the unrelenting Van Helsing and his ubiquitous stake. It's enough to give a vampire heartburn. Director Gibson shows him how to do it. He's had several tries, you'll remember. Maybe he'll do the job right this time. After all those monsters Christopher Lee has played, Fu Manchu, The Mummy, Dr. Jekyll, Frankenstein, his favorite, and that of audiences around the world, is still The Count with the Curious Taste. You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, episode 298, and I'm your host, Lee. I got two tickets for the Jazz Spectacular at Albert Hall, Russell, and I am joined by my co-host, Paul. My revenge has spread over the centuries and has just begun, Ramali. How are you doing, yeah. sir? Good. Let me uh, crack open a cold one and do a cold coronary review of this bad boy. <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking a Trogues Oktoberfest. Oh, sweet. I got a 12-pack for 18 of the American dollars, and I've been enjoying them greatly. Nice. Uh, 18 Canadian dollars will get you like a four-pack of tall boys of craft beer these days. So, Take what you can get with what you have. Yeah. They, they've beaten us down enough now that we just kind of accept the prices. It's like, yes, there's taxes there, and we're just going to accept it. We understand uh, for that is actually the beer, and the rest is taxes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so this is kind of, you know, this is the, basically the Halloween episode of They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. Uh, it'll be coming out a day... I'm back! Yeah, it'll be a day before Halloween, but anyway. Yeah, we're going to do the two last Christopher Lee vampire Dracula films for uh, Hammer. Mm-hmm. And uh, not the last one for Peter Cushing. <laughs> that one was fucking. No, I seven, have that one too. Yeah, Seven that Golden Vampires, yes. which is yeah. not good. Um, yes. But but uh, you know when we when we get into talking about these films, I don't know. I think I have a new appreciation for them uh, after the rewatch for them uh, this time because like the like these ones get shit on a lot by people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's particularly fair at all, but uh, we will get into that. Um, if, you, if you listen to the intermissions, you've already heard my voice, but I'd like to say it's it's glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. The, I always look for the October months to to pull the uh, the old dusty fall out of the shelf for one more uh, <laughs> review. So I'm a, I really enjoy it. You just you just like Dracula in the series, at least the, the retcon of it, where like. Uh, Peter Cushing's like, 
the vampires like the phoenix. It it rises again and again, resurrects. You know. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yep, that's me. I, you, you find like toenail clippings of Paul, and you just re- you put them in some blood. They boil up, and they mist and foam, and I'm back again. I found your signet ring, and I found a vial full of your ashes. And uh, yeah, this did, all I had to do was kill one woman, and uh, you know, the, the, brought you back. That's fine. But bam. Uh, but yeah, we'll get in those movies in in a little bit here. We'll talk about what we watched in the last little while. Uh, Paul really didn't have anything he's been a he's been a busy busy bee uh, lately so uh but I'll, I'll just mention two things real quick that i've uh, recently watched and uh, both movies from 2023 actually so the first one i'll mention and this one highly recommended it, it actually surprised me how good it was got the recommendation recommendation from uh bobby trippett from the grind bin podcast so thanks to him for this otherwise i might have never had looked at it it's called when evil lurks and it is a Argentinian horror film. Uh, it's a possession film in a way. Like it, it's it's about like basically these these two Argentinian Argentinian brothers who kind of get uh, caught up in um, this plague of possessions that start happening in their uh, local area. And I guess this is just like a thing that happens uh, it, where they live in Argentina and. Like, there's, like, this whole government agency set up for it and everything, but it's, like, a bureaucracy. So, like, basically the system has failed them. So they have to, like, take it upon themselves to, like, try to solve the problem. And because they're not professional, like, exorcists or demon hunters or whatever the fuck, they they make mistakes and they fuck up. And the way possession works in this film, it's like a plague. And... It just keeps infecting people and stuff because they keep fucking up the like the ceremonies and getting things wrong and it's pretty good and it's pretty fucking bleak. Uh, the special effects are really good. Like the first possessed uh, body you see, uh, and then basically it's kind of like the one where they're they're trying to track this body down f- for the rest of the movie because they like they dispose of it incorrectly. Um, it's just like just big bloated corpse, like dripping pus and shit. Like the special effects are fucking top notch, and uh, I just kind of appreciate it because it's a really bleak, dark fucking movie. Not afraid to like kill children. A dog gets possessed at one point, and like just starts mauling this little girl right on screen. Like just like yep, yeah, okay, that that's happening right now. Just like treating a little girl like a fucking rag doll. Really good. Really really fucking good movie. Really enjoyed it. it sounds so, very different. Yeah, honestly, I think it's probably one you would like a modern horror movie you would actually like. So, well, ap- apropos for the name Legion for I am any that I'm wearing right now, and that's the same thing with uh, he goes to the Maniac of Mendez or whatever, and then the, the, he mm. just Legion just jumps here all in the swine and all in it doesn't matter, animal man, he just jumps around, and then the same thing with this uh. Finger telling me it reminds me yeah, of that. Yeah. Jumping into the animals and the animals are going crazy and all this happens and very nice, very cool. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil the scene, but there's this scene where, so like one of the characters, one of the main characters is this. Uh, well, he's a main character for like a good portion of the first third of the film. He's this wealthy landowner, and he's like the guy who kind of rashly disposes of the possessed body incorrectly, and. So, like, he's he's a wealthy landowner, he's got a big farm, lots of goats. And yep. 
they immediately notice one of the goats is possessed. The wife's like, one of the goats is possessed. You got to get out here and dispose of it correctly. He disposes of it incorrectly. And the consequences of that are really bad. Okay. <laughs> they, cool. they, took, they took me by surprise. Uh, it was pretty yeah. fucking cool. Uh, I, I, Remember, I definitely don't want to... Dispose of your goats correctly. <laughs> Another one I'll mention, and this is still kind of recommended, but it's not great. Uh, it's called The Quantum Devil, also from 2023. It's very much, oh, we're a very Lovecraftian film kind of thing. It's about all these scientists and people with special talents are brought together in this Eastern European secluded mansion, and they're being brought together to help breach the dimensional barrier for this reclusive, crippled millionaire guy. And right off the bat, big time like from beyond kind of uh vibes to it Stuart gordon but if like charles band did Stuart gordon's films for him because it's very 1990s full moonish in a way and i'll and i'll say like the good full moon movies like not the really shitty ones like you know the like Thank five you. good yeah like the five good movies they made maybe you know um but and it's not terrible but it's like it's just so over the top like look how lovecraftian we are when in reality, they're not all that Lovecraftian. I think they learned the wrong lessons of like what actual like Lovecraft, the writer and his shit is, and how it's adapted the film. When you look at Stuart Gordon's films from Beyond and Reanimator, they're great films, but the Lovecraft is in them is very like very. It's a finger, yeah. It's a thin line that they spread from. Yeah, yeah. So like this, this one's kind of in the same vein as that. Um, but just like a little bit cheaper and a little bit more full moon than like full on. You should should say like, look how we heard of Lovecraft. Yeah. But at the same, at the same time, kind of fun, uh, full of titties, full of blood, full of gore. And, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for like extra dimensional beings, you know, crossing the barrier into our world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I'd recommend it. It's like it's it's more of a party film. It's more of like a you know watch with a bunch of friends with a bunch of beers and shit kind of thing. Whereas when evil lurks is like watch that in the dark and get freaked out by it because it's right. really good. So nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're we're gonna talk Dracula AD nineteen seventy two when we come back from the break and. Uh, I don't know about you, Paul, but I think... We got this, man. We got this by the ass. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. And I hate the burning. Shh, who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 bark. that's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner, the other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. which one is crying? <laughs> the boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show, is available on HelloDoomedShow.com. Automatic.com and doomedmoviethon.com. Hello, hello, this is the Doom Show. Richard, Brad, Jeffrey, Nava. It's the Doom Show. Hello. 
right, Dracula AD 1972, we have a trailer. Yesterday, Dracula was the most fearsome being the screen has ever seen. Today, tonight, you, you, you could be Dracula's next victim. Something new, yet as old as time. Come on, Johnny. A date with the devil. Are you ready? He's ready. He's waiting to freak you out. Right out of this world. Died September the 18th, 1872. A hundred years ago to the day. it must swear before the name of the devil to keep it secret who knows about vampires for god's sake my grandfather died fighting a vampire the most terrible the most dangerous vampire of all time the year is 1972 a leap year in horror a vintage year for vampires of horror to meet again in the 20th century. too long um <laughs> so there's no the wonder, movie guys yeah no yeah no wonder hammer went out of business jesus christ <laughs> uh, um dracula ad 1972 also known as dracula today dracula chelsea 19 or 72 dracula chases the mini girls uh yeah that's the carry-on version dracula um, skirts yeah Dracula 72, Dracula 1972 DC, I don't know what the fuck that means, and Dracula 73, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Alan Gibson, who would also go on to do Satanic Rites of Dracula. Uh, mm -hmm. He did uh, He did basically more TV than anything else uh, outside of these two films. He did Thriller, which was another BBC horror anthology series that was fairly popular in the 70s. And he went on to direct some episodes of uh, the Hammer House of Horror from 1980. Ah, I have all those. 
Yeah, they're not bad, too. Um, then there was, like, uh, Hammer House of Mystery and Suspense or something a couple years later, too. It's like, oh, Hammer's still doing some stuff in 1984 or whatever the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Um, writers Don uh, Houghton, uh, who also wrote on Satanic Rites of Dracula, and also The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, so uh, <laughs> maybe... I maybe like give that him- film for very different reasons. It's fun, but it's... I like it Asian movies. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fun, but it's bad. It, it's not... Yeah, it's, it's not good. No, it sorry. does not... It doesn't fit in with the Christopher Lee. No. no, no. That uh, just, like, Amicus, where were you? You should have done yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Amicus was gone by then. Oh, by then, yes. Yeah, it's already yeah. gone. <laughs> he also wrote some Doctor Who. Uh, actually, quite a bit of Doctor Who. And also written uh, by some guy named Bram Stoker, or Stoker, not Stroker. Bram Stroker is the porn version. I would, I would actually like to watch Vampires by Bram Stroker. Yeah. That would have been a very sexy film. <laughs> I mean, uh, technically that's probably any European vampire film from the 1970s, though. Bram about it. Stroker. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I loved uh, the erotic nights of the living dead. So if you can give me a bunch of uh, vampire films with cum shots, I'll watch them. There you go. There you go. Maybe blood cum shots. But though, it right? has to have like like George Eastman, like main stars, though. He can't just be knockoffs. George Eastman would have been a good Dracula. He would have been, honestly. He like he's tall, imposing. Like, and if you go for like traditional Dracula, he's got like the beard and the mustache and stuff. Yeah, that kind of like, yeah, that that uh, Southern European flair to him, like uh, that the Turkish bastard would have had. You know, that, absolutely, I like it. I think yeah. I think he should have did that. That I mean, you know what? That's sad he didn't. He was wasting too much time being a fucking cannibal on some like exactly. Greek like, how many yeah. times can you eat your own guts? Yeah, let's, let's, let's suck on some women next. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, of course, we got Christopher Lee as Count Dracula. Need not say anything else. Everyone loves Christopher Lee. Everyone knows the shit he's done. We have Peter Cushing here as uh, Professor uh, Loramir Van Helsing. We have the lovely Stephanie Beecham heaving bosoms as <laughs> Jessica Van Helsing. Man, this film does its best. She didn't sign on on the dotted line to get nude. But we're going to show you as much of her her tits as we possibly if we can. can. We will. I yeah. promise. <laughs> not not only we're going to show you her tits, we're going to have both her grandfather and Christopher Lee as Dracula uh, do a lot of like gestures and glances towards and said bosom. and bopping and move. Although hold me tighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She also popped up in a bunch of fun stuff around this time. Uh, and now the screaming starts, which I have quite a bit of affection for. Mm-hmm. Schizo uh, went on to do Horror Planet, also known as Inseminoid, which is a really, yeah, really nasty alien ripoff with like alien rape in it and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Christopher Neem as Johnny Alucard. He's been in all kinds of fun stuff as well. Uh, around this time, he was in Lust for a Vampire. Went on to yep. do uh, Steel Dawn, License to Kill. Uh, he was in one of the Species films, like Species 3 or something like that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It been two or three. Yeah. Still still working to this day. I'm surprised he was in Psychomania because this was around the same time. It has that same feel. 
as like uh, satanic rites and stuff with the biker gangs, the whole like motorcycle thing. Oh, oh, I. I have I have a psychomania note for the second film we're doing. Oh, thank you <laughs> so, very much. Thank you very so we'll, much. Yeah, we'll save it there. We got Michael Coles as Inspector Murray. Uh, he went on t- to be in the Satanic Rites of Dracula as well. Uh, and he did basically a bunch of British TV and stuff that I don't know. He's had a career, so, you know, good for him. Like a good TV British cop. Yeah, like he looks like every British, British dude cop. from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I won't somebody, but I'll club him to death. <laughs> I mean, to to his credit, he seems like a pretty good cop in these two films. Yeah. Like, yes. pretty, pretty. Although he does give uh, in, the, in the second film, he gives the uh, Jessica Van Helsing character quite a dressing down several times. Like, I would like, stay- I would like to see how many times in, in the films that he has, how many minutes he devotes to shaving. <laughs> Probably none. I don't think that guy can grow facial hair. <laughs> just, like he's got that sort of like Beatles aura to him, where he's got the yeah, long hair. I see him. The more I see him, the more I like. I get confused. I was like, I, I swear to God, I could see you in Living Dead Manchester Morgue. Like he is such a face that you could see, you could place in all these the Children of the Full Moon. Like all mm-hmm. these things. Like, you could, you could in your brain, you could pop his fucking face in every British horror thing you've ever seen because he fit perfectly the michael goff of the new era that's not a yeah that's not a bad fucking comparison like he he does look like every young british actor of the 1970s he, he, yeah. he's got that look right yes um the, I think the problem is they were a dime a dozen so that's yeah. why you didn't see him in more stuff <laughs> um but we have Marsha A. Hunt as uh, Gaynor, and she did some interesting stuff. She was in Never Say Never Again, the James Bond film. She also showed up in The Howling 2. Yeah, Stir of a Werewolf Bitch, or My Sister's a Werewolf. <laughs> yep. We got the lovely Carolyn Monroe as Laura Bellows in this. One of two Hammer films she did. The other one being Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, of course. Mm-hmm. And she she also did a Nashe film, mm-hmm. Howl of the Devil, or Out the Devil. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I found that as well. Yeah, I was actually looking at that uh, today. Because um, I was like, what what did she do like in the 80s and stuff, you know? She, she kind of mm-hmm. dropped off after well, like... I mean, she did the, the last horror film, mm-hmm. which is nice. And... I mean, she did. She did. Uh, she did. Uh, uh, what the, uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? This is a called with, Slaughter uh, with, High uh, or Slaughter High. But she did the uh, Maniac. Then she yeah, did the Maniac. last horror film. Yeah. Then she did uh, How the Devil, which is so funny because like she doesn't speak any of the languages that was in that film, but she's there. There she is. Uh, yeah. The. She has a very weird. Oh, she's, oh, she's in. Um, she's in Faceless too. Uh, no, full, faceless. Uh, yeah, she's in uh, faceless. Jess Franco's. Jess Franco's. Yeah, I have. I have yeah. that. She's in Faceless, which again, she can't speak any of those languages, but there she is. Yeah, I, I've never. I've never heard her. I mean, I've heard her being a cunning linguist, but I, I've never heard her. Uh, um, knowing several languages so she has been in quite a few films where 
language, uh, those English languages were not the mainstay of the characters. No, she was speaking with her looks, like, for yes. the most part. And I mean, you know, honestly, we, we've talked about Carolyn Monroe a couple times uh, lately as well in, in this podcast. We just did Maniac a couple episodes ago. And uh, on that show, uh, the guest, Matt, from Movie Melt and I, we, we talked about how, like, she actually got to act in that film. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry I wasn't in on that one. That would have been yeah. a nice one to be in. Yeah, and and she uh, she didn't, you know, she, she didn't usually get the chance to act, really, in films. Like, once in a while, someone would give her a chance to actually do something and say lines and shit. And she's actually pretty good, so... Mm-hmm. No, uh, her her uh, her space film with uh, with, yeah, with, yeah. with Joe was so good. Like yeah, it was better. I was better than Zardos and better than Star Wars, in my opinion. Like, it was just so good. Star Crash is definitely more Star fun. Crash than Star Crash is Wars. so yeah. good. Like I just I love it. I I love that film. Um, we got Janet Key as Anna. She also turned up in The Vampire Lovers, Ooh. and now the screaming starts and. She also popped up in 1984 as well. And then, of course, we got Stone Ground as the rock. Stone Ground, right? It is. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Stone Ground, but apparently they must have been a thing right at this point because they get like two songs. (laughs) They get to play like two songs in this film almost all the way through. Every time I hear the, the name of this band, it reminds me of a band that I have on vinyl called Blood Rock, and they're really good. Yeah. They're better than Stone Ground. Let's just say that. (laughs) Uh, So we have synopsis here from Lee Horton on IMDb. In London, 1872, the final battle between Lawrence Van Helsing and Count Dracula on top of a couch results in Dracula dying from a stake made from the remains of a wooden wheel. Lawrence dies from his wounds, and as he's buried... It's a a couch, not a couch. Yeah. I I probably did, yeah. Um, And... Lawrence dies from his wounds, and as he is buried, a servant of Dracula buries remains of the stake by the grave and keeps a bottle of Dracula's ashes and the ring. 100 years later, the colorful 1972, Johnny, the great-grandson of the servant, joins up with a group containing Jessica, the granddaughter of the peasant vampire hunter Abraham Van Helsing, and with her unknowing help resurrect Dracula in the 20th century who is determined to destroy the house of Van Helsing, but who can believe that the king of vampires really exists and is alive in 20th century London? Yeah, sure. Okay, that's that's a synopsis, I guess. It's as about as good as you're going to get, I guess. Um, but yeah, we get into this. And um, so it's like the first time you, you saw this, Paul. Um, this one I probably saw probably in the late, uh, early 2000s, like uh, late 1990s, early 2000s. It was a VHS one. It was a VHS mm-hmm. rental before I got it on DVD. Um, since then I've had it on DVD about three times because I have the regular DVD and then you have, uh, two or three times it comes up in box sets. If you buy something yeah. that has like one of those on there. Um, it actually, I can say this because quietly. It was actually one of my uh, ex-wife's favorite films. Okay. Yep. And I was like, that's why you need to be divorced. But, uh, you know, it's one of those moments. It's one of those uh, I was, was going to say, she married you and she likes this film. So she's at least got two things good going on. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, but it's one of those ones. Uh, it's a very funny film. It actually seems like, okay, let's literally take Taste the Blood of Dracula and put 70s shit on it so so we can oh, pre it. Dude, you, you hit one of my notes right away. It was like, this is just Taste the Blood of Dracula. Let's just modernize it a little bit. Let's put hip girls in tight, shaky shorts in it, and we'll mm. just call it and put this shitty album. Because like, literally... Stone Rock, Stone Ground, rather. Yeah. They didn't screw the soundtrack. If, I would actually appreciate the film more if Stone Ground did the whole soundtrack because it's just this weird, like, action film theme mm-hmm. song. Like, like, it's like a bad cop movie from the 70s, and that's yeah. the main theme. Uh, it actually, by the way, this main theme crap goes into the next film we're talking about where they put like action cop film music into it but it's very interesting i do appreciate let let's uh let's take 1972 right we'll Mm -hmm. jump it all the way up to 1982 and lost boys did the bathtub scene better 86 rather and then just say the lost boys did the bathtub scene better yeah that, that's one of that's one of the that's one of the failings of this. Like it's like, you know, the lore is that you know vampires cannot cross like running streams and shit. But and nobody they, will get that that vibe. That's the the thing is they don't have the they don't have the uh, the budget to like pull off like a great special effect where it's literally doing something to him on screen that you can see. All you're seeing is a guy flailing in a tub, and it's like, why don't you just get up? <laughs> that's what that's what everybody especially like normies and stuff who come into this movie and watch it they're just watching it in the theater going why does he just get up i don't understand what's going on. you don't understand like running water is paralyzing him so he can't move away from the sun no yeah. it's just get up dickhead yeah but i love this the, the fucking opening so like even the like warner brothers let's talk logo, about the openings please Yes. Yeah. Talk about the, the, the So, like, you get the Warner Brothers logo, and you get that little stinger of the original Dracula theme. Dun, dun, dun. So it's like, oh, immediately jumps you into this, and then you get the fight on the stagecoach. Um, yes. Yeah. And like this, so this breaks canon with like the previous three or four Dracula films before it, right? Because mm-hmm. this actually opens in Hyde Park in London. And so this is like an alternate storyline where it kind of follows the novel a bit more, where Dracula actually got to London. This is just some sort of ongoing thing where him and Van Helsing have been fighting for like a couple years in London or something. And this mm-hmm. is like their final battle, right? Yeah. Um, this which, is my just, favorite, favorite Dracula death. You know what's really fucking ironic about that too like really funny is you know this is the point of course you know actually well before this Christopher Lee is like so fed up with like being Dracula in these films because they weren't giving him anything to do I watched a clip from like a like a behind the scenes thing where Christopher Lee was you know filming that scene and the director came up to him and was like showing him the wheel prop and everything is like and here's what's going to happen it's going to stab into you. And Christopher Lee is just like, okay. He rolls his fucking eyes. Like, he's just like, okay. 
dude. <laughs> yeah. But I agree with you. It's a fucking great death. I love this death. I think this is the most visceral, like, raw death. Like, he, it's not like, oh, my hand's gone. Oh, it's sunlight. No, this is like a fuck you. You got a wheel in your fucking chest death. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, like, I like Prince of Darkness where he slips under the water like the ice almost takes mm-hmm. him. Like That's cool and shit, but that wouldn't kill Dracula. That would freeze Dracula. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like yeah, literally yeah. In, in spring, like a, a fist should punch through the water and then Jason Voorhees Dracula should just come up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this way it's a fucking goddamn spiral of wheel into your chest kind of thing. And it, and it's done good too because it's it's basically Dracula and Van Helsing, Van Helsing's trying his best to like push the wheel spokes deeper into him to kill him, and and Dracula's trying to fight against it, and ba- and basically it takes all Van Helsing's strength and like last bit of life to like actually get the job done, it actually well, breaks, it breaks the spoke off the wheel even, because he puts so much pressure down leaning on Dracula with it. No, and that thing is like that's why it's the best too. It's like like this is where you put all of yourself into your job. Mm-hmm. It's not like I killed him. Let's walk away, dust off the mop, and go get a girl. No, you're yeah. dying in the process of killing something. Like this is the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It, and honestly, it should have been the end of a film. The end, not the beginning of another one, where, in my opinion, Dracula dies pitily in two occasions. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst two occasions he's died. Here they come. Well, I might talk back, I might push back a little bit when we when we get to talking about that, but um, I, I was just thinking, like, and it, I mean, this there was no way this was going to happen, because Hammer was running out of money and shit, but... Mm-hmm. It, it it feels like there was a good opportunity for a, a TV series to be done. Absolutely, with, Dra- with with Dracula, the way they set this up again, like I was saying, this is a different continuity from the previous films. So this is Dracula and Van Helsing fighting each other. It's kind of like uh, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty, or something along those lines, where where the you know uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You know, explains, oh, all this time, uh, you haven't seen it, Watson, but I've been fighting Moriarty behind the scenes, and some of the cases we've done have been have involved him, I just hadn't let you on to it, and now here's the final game, and we're going to do all this shit. You could have done a TV series that kind of, like, borrows from that, and it's basically just Van Helsing... Fighting Dracula, and it, you know, it's I'll, a give you, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one right now. What if? Huh, mm-hmm, what if you had a you know a would be vampire hunter, and then you had Van Helsing there, mm-hmm. and there's this vampire that go, keeps going around and killing people, and then making new ones, and he goes around. And every time he almost gets that would-be vampire, he lets him go. In a weird way. With a, with mm. a, well, Baron Helsing stops it or just would-be just lets it go. And he keeps going and going. And realizing that would-be vampire is only the spawn of the big vampire that Van Helsing is trying to track. 
right. which is the was his uh, AKA werewolf. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, the whole, yeah. you know what I mean? But do that. So yeah. you were on a 12 or 20 episode run before you ever got to the next five series, the next five episodes or whatever. Yeah. You, you got like 20 episodes. That's like four BBC series. And exactly. Then yeah. finally that fifth one. Yeah. You, I could argue the storyline that runs through these two films we're talking about tonight, you could do that over that many episodes, you know, expand it and and make it a whole big thing. Because there, there's there's a bit of this that feels a little truncated and a little rushed uh, at times. Um, well, if you really look at like, it's it's kind of overcomplicated for what it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the, like the opening, my favorite transit, one of my favorite transitions in any movie where, you know, so Van Helsing's dead. He has his funeral. Uh, the servant of Dracula, also played by uh, Christopher Neem, who's, you know, supposed to be the ancestor of the Johnny Alucard that we eventually see in the film. You know, he's burying the remains or whatever outside the, the, the church. So it's unconsecrated ground. And, um, it transitions from Van Helsing's tombstone up to a jetliner, and then you, all of a sudden you got like this modern music. I'm like, yeah, that that's actually not bad. That's well, well, well done, Hammer. That's actually like cinematic and kind mm-hmm. of fun. And under the bridge, and then it shows under the bridge and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Goes, yeah, no, it's it's not bad. It does actually show you like we're on the modern day, and like honestly. For the bat taking off, the jet taking off, it's not—it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, and it does. I the music isn't the greatest through the whole film, but we already talked about that. But like, mm-hmm. it, it takes you into that modern day nineteen seventies. You know that kind of thing is like. But the problem with the film, it kind of shoves you into the nineteen seventies, though. It kind of like it tries way it. too hard, right? Like yeah. it, it's it. It's very interested in saying, "Look how seventies we are," because how how long does that sequence go on at the beginning with the with the party and the because Stoneground is like fifteen minutes. Yeah, Stoneground gets like two songs, right? Yeah, two full songs. Plus, they're trying to fucking fuck under the table while the parents mm-hmm. are still there and stuff. Like, how dare you? How yeah. dare I? And he walks by and stuff. I'm like, what? I, what is he doing? I mean, it's fun, right? Because it it has this whole dancing kids who are, you know, on drugs or whatever are reckless versus stuffy adults. And, like, there's a comedy part of that. Um, you know, there, there's the uh, the jokester of the gang who's wearing the monk outfit or whatever. Who's like, Yeah, well, the same guy that fucks with the people later in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if these people are on drugs and having a problem, like... Like, if this is the worst they can do, you're fine. Like, yeah. literally, you have to clean up a couple extra dishes after the night is done. Yeah. It, it's very funny in, in today's eyes to see, like, oh, this is the reckless youth of 1972. Not yeah. too bad. Not too bad, honestly. The, the worst is the, the, you know, the quote-unquote worst is Carolyn Monroe wearing a really skimpy black dress, and that's about it, if you could call mm-hmm. it a dress. But yeah, <laughs> but other but other what? Oh, she, she, fucking Christ! She looks good. Like uh, yeah. I mean, I have I have all the promotional photos from that 
fucking shoot. I'm safe. really happy that I met Carolyn Monroe. That was uh, she's uh, definitely someone I'm really happy I got a chance to meet. Yeah, I'm jealous. Uh, but but yeah, she looks great in this, and you know, honestly, all the ladies look good. But it's like Carolyn Monroe and uh, Stephanie Beecham are the the you know the the featured ladies in this, as far mm-hmm. as like holy shit. Um, but yeah, so you know, you got you got them all dancing and they're they're having their party and shit, and there's shenanigans going on, and the band's playing, and it's like, look how 1970s we are, look how co- counterculture we are, uh, and yeah, they just kind of keep that vibe throughout the rest of the movie, even though you know, the, thankfully they at least move on from the party, but um, I I kind of I should have looked into Stone Ground and see if they had done anything. Did they just like make an right. album in 1972 and that was it, or <laughs> what? <laughs> Everyone died in a giant plane crash in 1973, and that's why yeah. that's the last thing I ever did. Were they were they the band that ends up you know from the gate where it's like oh they all died in a plane crash? Exactly right. We are Stone Ground. Dracula belongs to us. Because like honestly, they just came off as slightly maybe more edgier strawberry alarm clock to me and it was very derivative. I got the word I, okay I got the word from stone ground which means they're stoned and they ground the stuff before they smoked it like that's all yeah. I got yeah you know although I mean? you know this this movie is very careful though not to like really show drugs or anything and mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that was probably like a censorship thing. It's like, oh, meanwhile, you can't show them. 10 years later, you actually see people like snorting coke. Mm-hmm. And like, like, well, that's cool. I'm a crocodile Dundee, but you're snorting coke. It's fine. Like, I think, I think this movie, you know, when, once you move to the ritual scene where, you know, Johnny Alucard, who is like, the best part of it, honestly, the ritual scenes I like a lot. It's very good. Like, so, like, Johnny Alucard has sort of moved his way into this group and and you're right again here's the thing like taste the blood of the dracula he's just another version of um uh ralph bates's character from taste the blood of dracula all you do is you're 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 taking the decadence themselves and putting Mm -hmm. the decadence children in their place it's the same movie yeah yeah um better hotter which is better Oh yeah, definitely. No, like there's never been there's never been two two hotter women in one of these films than in this film, honestly. Yes, absolutely. And, and and that's saying something because Drac the the whole Dracula series they had some hotties all the way through. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. What was it, Linda Linden or whatever? You know, she had you had them and stuff Lin- like that. So Linda right. Hayden, yeah, yeah, Linda yeah. Hayden, yeah. You had Linda Hayden and stuff. So like, you had some contenders, but you have two right there. Boom, done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so like so the, it, it's fun this this ritual kind of equates sex and drugs in the hippie culture with satanism and that's kind of a fun little comparison it, it, you know it's definitely what parents thought at the time yes. you know if you, put the kids. A, if you put a 20 side and die next to that <laughs> you would have had a problem <laughs> it's very dungeons and dragons it very much yeah, is exactly yeah 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 uh, but and you know and and here here's the here's one of the things I think Hammer here's where Hammer kind of fucked up. They're trying to modernize so much, but then they go back to like their really kind of tired special effects gags that they use here once in a while that 
don't necessarily work as well in in 1972 as they did in like 1960, whatever, right? So, so the blood in the goblet, mm. which is like they basically bright, do the um, bright pink like, foamy foam. Yeah, it's like the it's like whatever gelatin or whatever they use that they just add like you know colored dye water to or whatever is blood. Same that you did taste in the blood of Dracula. It's the same mm-hmm. foamy bullshit. And yeah. they pour it all over Carolyn Monroe, and she's not very happy about it. Let's just say that. No, she she gets the full blood bukkake, right? Like, yeah, very suggestive. Like she 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 gets it right over her tits too. Like it's it's not poured on her face; it's poured on her chest. How are you doing? Yeah, but I do I do like like you know it's some sort of spell. So like that whole ritual has made it so she can't leave that. That pentagram, the circle, and, yeah, the protective yeah, circle, and it and it sets it sets her up as a victim for Dracula. But the whole thing is like Johnny Alucard's a fuck up, right? Because he can't yeah. get the right victim for Dracula ever. Yeah, well, I I like I like a lot of this. I like the fact that they. I actually like the fact that they do the foamy. Well, let's say it this way: I like the fact they do the foamy blood bullshit, but because they mm-hmm. did it before. I like the fact because it's the same as Taste of Blood of Dracula. That's why I like it. Mm-hmm. However, it looks like shit. <laughs> so it they does. use it again. It looks like shit. But I'm so glad they didn't use like uh, Scars of Dracula, where they have the fake bats flying around oh. the room and stuff like that. They didn't do that yeah, no. shit. You know. So I do feel like this is a modern take. But they the thing is, the problem is they used music. And women's attire to facilitate that modern take. When honestly, five more minutes in the studio of writing down a better script would probably would have fixed some of this shit. Yeah, because again, it, it just goes back. This is Taste of Blood of Dracula, so it's still very much Victorian Edwardian Hammer Dracula story mm-hmm. beats. Yeah, it's just, but they just transport in the 1972. Whereas you kind of would hope that there would be some sort of culture clash between Dracula and the modern times. Like there would be something where he's reacting to 1972 because Dracula doesn't react yeah. to 1972. Like, like there's nothing like he's not like jumping out of the way of a train or anything mm-hmm. like like or like a car or nothing. Nothing. However, let let let's jump ahead. Uh, we will. I mean, I'm just saying, not right now, but to the next film, where he is totally cool in the 1980s, almost. Yeah, where it, all it's, he's, he's set up, yeah. It's a culture shock. Culture shock. Yeah. In a um, negative one. I think I think the biggest thing that really propels this film is the performances from, like, the central characters. Yeah. Because, you know, cause, you know the, the, the fake, the sort of, like, flimsy modernization we've talked about is okay, but it's it's really the performances that are so serious that actually elevate it. So, like, when, when you got Peter Cushing, who is just one of... Honestly, I think this is one of his best. No. Yeah, that he is so good in this. It's stupid. Like, he, he's taking it super serious. And, and so, you know, a little background here, and, and we talked about this way back when we did Horror Express. Um, this... Because Horror Express was made pretty much simultaneously with this, like pretty much in the same little time span. This is right around the time that his wife died. Peter Cushing's wife died. 
and he was distraught. And, you know, there's the famous story of how he tried to run up and down stairs. He was so distraught to, like, give himself a heart attack and just die because he couldn't live anymore and and shit like that. And uh, Christopher Lee basically just, to try to get him out of his funk, come come to work. Like, be in movies with me and let's let's try to, you know, get you through this shit, right? And I feel like, you know, even though... I, I still feel like Christopher Lee was kind of like, I'm done with Dracula. He gives an effort here that you didn't really see in the previous couple films, just because I feel like he was trying his best to like bring Peter Cushing into this and, and, and try to make something out of this. I mean, if you, if you, if you hear him, like, I don't know, but <laughs> Christopher Lee in some of his films, like we, we, we've joked about it. Like, Mm-hmm. He always does a good delivery, but like he's like the first and the second. Or the, yeah. Demand you demand. I have like and then but then he's like I have you know like I have uh, was it uh, commanded legions upon the centuries. Like I was like, God damn, you are so on point right now. Like yeah, he, he is so good. He must have got a real boner in the song because he actually gets a line from Dracula to say in this that was always a big stickler with him with these films because they didn't they never really gave him much text from the original dracula which is a thing he deeply loved uh so he was always kind of pissed off when he was just like oh i'm just going to be a vampire who says stupid shit like no i want to say dracula's lines in these films if you're going to keep me on these films Uh. so but he so he does get that one line from Dracula. I have committed legions upon the centuries, and like, yeah. oh, he fucking nailed it. I was like, wow, that's so good. Yeah, so, so he's pissed and uh, and arrogantly pissed at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, wow, that's fucking so, amazing. So he's good in this, but again, it it, it is taste the blood of Dracula because his whole revenge is like, I'm going to use the youth to destroy the older. People yep. that I want to take revenge on. Yeah. We did. Yep. We did it um, before, sir. <laughs> what did they say? Do it twice and expect different results is insanity. So you're crazy, yeah. motherfuckers. Whoever wrote but, this is crazy. But I, but I like it. You you wouldn't know watching this film that Peter Cushing was you know just like getting over the worst period no. of his life kind of thing. Like he is so fucking on point and. You know he he's so stalwart and good. Like one yeah. one of the like if if you're gonna like point to a performance of like what character in a movie is just so good. There's there's nothing bad about this person. You could point to him as like a a pinnacle of of just goodness, humanistic just, goodness. Yeah. yeah, and this this is his performance in both of these films. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I mean honestly, can you can you do one of those where he's not Peter Cushing doing Van Helsing, where it isn't just fucking amazing. It's it's hard. Yeah, it'd be hard. I mean, to he's, say. again, Cushing was always good as Van Helsing in these films, but I feel like here he's aged into it in a way that makes it more authentic. Oh no! Because when you do when you do like, um, let's say vampire, like say horror Dracula stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like. Indiana Jones version of Peter Cushing, like right. he's not—he's not the—he's not that well-rounded. I'm a vampire hunter. I've done this for centuries. Peter Cushing, like he's not mm. that. Like he still has that kind of 
repartee, like to his accent, to his, his demeanor, to the way he does things, to the way he moves. He's not the Peter Cushing that we want fighting a Dracula that's been here for 3,000 years, that kind of thing. Like he is yeah, yeah. exactly what we want. I'll tell you what. We didn't do it yet, but Horror of the Dracula, or um, Satanic Rights of Dracula, same thing, on point. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. It's just better and better and better and better. I think I got all my I think I got all my points, honestly. Bullet <laughs> other, points done. Yeah, other other than, you know, we, we get to, like, Dracula's death scene in this, and I... I like it. I, I think it. I think it's still pretty decent. Where, so no. so and he, feel, he so, still hammers the stake the stake home, if you will. Well, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty like modern hammer, you know, because the hammer reached around nineteen sixty nine seventy, a point where they got a little bit more gory and brutal and a bit more mm-hmm. sexy, right, with all their stuff. Yeah. And so the death scene in this. First off, you know Peter Cushing. He's he's going to this abandoned chapel, this deconsecrated, you know, uh, chapel, and to confront uh, Dracula. And by the way, Dracula should never make his home base a, tr- a chapel, even if it's deconsecrated, because it's so stupid. Because uh, as we as we saw in Taste the Blood of Dracula, if if you can reconsecrate that place real quick, as they do, he's fucked. Oh shit. It's all yeah. good now. I will say, you know, the, as much as I love Dracula in this series, doesn't make a lot of great choices when it comes to where he hides out and who he employs. No, especially and, when he gets a face full of holy water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you know, Peter Cushing comes in, he's got the silver dagger, so his intention is like, I'm just going to stab Dracula to death. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so, you know, Stephanie Beecham's there. Uh, she's wearing a white dress that is so tight that she might as well not be wearing anything. Yeah, um, it's very cling wrap. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of business around. Let's put there's this cross. Booby business. Yeah, yeah, let's put a cross on her bosoms and let's have Dracula see your bosoms and then like reach his reach his hand out and like no please don't shove your bosoms in my face please don't do that and. It's all very, uh, very uh, heaving and sexual. But, yeah, so Peter Cushing, you know, he, he shows up. He's got a dagger. He stabs Dracula. Dracula falls from the second floor that they're on back down to the floor. And then he's using Stephanie Beecham's uh, character as uh, Jessica Van Helsing. He's sort of controlling her. He's got her under his spell. So before Van Helsing can get down there... To stop her, she's pulled the dagger out, and so Dracula can get back up. He's basically just had been pinned by the silver of the dagger, I guess. Then we get, you know, to the final fight. There's a chase. Dracula's like, I'm going to get you, motherfucker. And Van Helsing's like, no, you won't. They run outside, and we see that there was a previous scene setting this up where Van Helsing, basically, he was doing something with some tools and some stakes and shit. And then we then we see the result of it, where he leads Dracula outside the church, where he's got a big pit covered, full of stakes. He he kind of just bumblefucks his way into getting it done, though, because he trips. Bumblefucks is a good good description of that one. Yeah, I mean, Dracula, when he falls off the ramparts, it's amazing. He falls off the ramparts mm. with the knife. That I mean, like honestly, you stab 
what do you do with a vampire, right? You yeah. put a stab through the heart, right? Yeah. Oh, well, it's not a steak, you silly boy. It's just a fucking silver goddamn dagger. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, like, he's fine. Like, the face on Peter Cushing is like, fuck yeah. And yeah. then he went, ah, god damn it. <laughs> he just went to write, just god. Like, the, the face he makes is the best. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, He's like, he's like, fuck. It, it, it's almost like obviously it's probably more part of his plan, but you know because the, the the pit outside's a contingency plan. Yeah, but it, yeah. for for a for a moment, you're like, he's just gonna leave his granddaughter to die. He just he just booked out of there, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, nah, shit, and he just runs off the screen. <laughs> And it is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen because like yeah. Peter Cushing went from like yeah to oh fuck, fuck. <laughs> and then he just leaves yeah. <laughs> oh and then but don't yeah. worry Titty saves the day for Dracula so and and then yeah. you were saying I'm sorry I just so, sorry to interrupt yeah, no. you because it was fantastic yeah but so like basically Dracula just kind of bumble fucks his way out like. Uh, uh, Peter Cushing, Van Helsing, he, he falls next to his pit that he's dug, and and the 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 uh, the cover of the pit falls down, so it reveals. And Dracula sees it and is like, "Oh, you were gonna kill me, motherfucker! That's what you're gonna do, right?" And then he goes down for him, and then Van Helsing's got the holy water, hits him in the face with it, yep. and then, Dra- then Dracula just falls right down into the pit, and then you get. Then you get what I'm saying, like Chris uh, Hammer getting real brutal with this shit, where Peter Cushing finds a shovel that he used to dig the pit, and he starts hammering Dracula down into the stake a bit more. But the, the, the point was, he did land on the stake, and then to Lee's point, he did start just pounding the... Like, I went, when I first watched, I was like, he's going to take his head off. That's yeah. what he's going to do and then no, he's just beating the living fuck out of this guy until the stake <laughs> burble like literally burbles out of his back. Mm-hmm. This with noise and stuff. But the funny th- the thing is, maybe Lee will agree, maybe he'll disagree. It still has that PG blood. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's 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 still that. Uh... I forget the fucking name of it. It's the it's the British. Feral it's the British. Yeah, the Brit- Chelsea yeah, blood or Chelsea blood or something. Like that. Maybe yeah, I, the Lancaster yeah, blood. Maybe yeah, I can't remember. It it, it fake fake British hammer blood is basically you know. But, crayon, uh, crayon blood. <laughs> <laughs> but it it works like it does it, work. I don't know. It's like like it makes all the noises. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does. It really does make. And he is like, no, he's not trying to sever Dracula. He's just fucking beating the shit out of his corpse. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit, guy, you got some problem. You want to talk about it? You want to sit down? Want to have a discussion? But then, like, oh, he he walks over to his granddaughter, and he's like, here, and he just reaches over, and, like, pops her boobs out a little bit more, and I was like, here, your tits aren't exactly out enough. Mm-hmm. Let's put a shoal of your shoulders though and walk away. Like, no, don't don't block the boobs though. But let's walk away no. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. No. He, Bob's dead. He, never 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 mind Bob. 
get the bobs out if you know what I mean. Oh, That's fucking why. Bob! What a what a fucking weak sauce boyfriend! I how, how the how the fuck was she into that dude? Yeah, he's, but yeah. Is that is that because he's trying to give hope to British men across the world, or is it like is it was it? I don't know what it was about because usually the 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 I will say this with a little chuffed of pride. Usually, half decent blokes in uh, British Hammer films, Hammer films were named Paul. Yeah, Paul. There's no Paul yeah, in this one. Yeah, nice yeah. Paul proper film, but there was no Pauls in this <laughs> one because we would have saved the fucking day. But no, Bob failed. I mean, I mean, honestly, the whole like the friends group, like the women were several pay grades above the dudes in that, oh, that friends yeah, group. I, yeah, yeah, like a couple paychecks. Yeah, because we had well, Carolyn Monroe, and then uh, Jewel, and then the other one. That I'm just done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I was like, <laughs> even your, you, the only thing you say, and you're still like a thousand dollars more a month more than all the other guys around. Nuts! Yeah. Like you don't even say anything. Like and you're better than everybody here. I mean, honestly, Johnny Alucard was the best catch in the whole group. He is really. He was really good. He was a really yeah. good. He was really good. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought he, for a while there, because he wasn't, but I thought, I was like, are you the same dude that was in Taste of Blood? Like, are you that yeah, no. same guy? I had to rewatch it to find out that I wasn't. I was like, oh, that's not you. But you were like, I, I got that same vibe. I was like, fuck, if they use the same guy, that'd be awesome. I thought it'd be really cool if they did use the same guy, but it wasn't. Mm. So, yeah. But you, but he he did you know he did show up. Uh, Ralph Bates, who in Taste of Blood of Dracula, was also in um, their their Jekyll and Hyde film. Jekyll, the, uh, yeah, Jekyll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Jekyll's sister Hyde. Ralph yeah, Bates. yeah, yeah. He's really good in that. Um, but he is yeah, really you good know, too. and so is sister. Oh, oh yeah. Well, oh I mean, yeah. They, they cast yeah, and they cast. The only one I can say too, by the way. Is it was it uh, uh, Frankenstein meets uh, was it uh, was it Doctor Frankenstein meets uh, Jesse James's daughter or something like that like or Doctor oh. or, yeah oh the, yeah yeah Je- yeah Jesse James and meets Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's daughter. daughter yeah daughter. yeah yeah she is super super good mm-hmm. super good Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter super good um. But yeah, yeah, uh, Christopher Neem in this as as uh, Alucard, he's really good, really good Tony, really good. and, really and good. I, I, did, I I just love that he's you know he's really cool and super confident with his group, but he's kind of a fuck up, and he's kind of really weak, and like he he kind of expected Dracula just to give him everything once he brought him back. He's like, I've, uh-huh. I've summoned you, I've brought you back, and Dracula's like, it was my will. He's, no, he just totally it's not. Emas- I did this, motherfucker. Yeah, and, and Dracula just totally emasculates him right there in one scene. Like even Dracula just magically gets his ring back and holds out his hand with his ring, and Alucard's like, "Wait, where'd the ring go?" It's like, "Oh fuck!" It would be crazy because the thing is, we know shit happened in the Taste of the Blood of Dracula where there was mm-hmm. uh, decisions made against certain screenplays and certain... What, this almost seems, and that's why I keep saying Taste the Blood, this seems like this is the way it should have been then if there wasn't the problems it had. 
Well, I mean, also, you know, Taste of Blood of Dracula, originally, that was written going forward with the understanding that Dracula was not actually going to be in it. Like, the Ralph Bates character was going to be the main villain yeah, in it. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, Christopher Lee, he showed back yeah. up. <laughs> last, yeah, last minute, Christopher Lee was like, you know, he was basically told, you know, some people are going to lose their jobs and shit if you don't come back. And so he came back. Yeah. And and he came back and, like, he had, like, three lines, you know, <laughs> the first, the second, they have destroyed my servant, servant. they will, will be destroyed. destroyed. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Mm. But, like, it's, it's one of those things, like, why go back to something that you did half-assed to begin with? I mean, it's hammer half-assing in the late 70s. Mm. Kind of well done, late seventies. But like, yeah. British films, when they're done right, are good, are very mm-hmm. good, and can stand the test of time. Which means they could probably draw money on that for a generation. We mm-hmm. British films today still make good films, like Dog Soldiers, okay. one of my favorite films, which mm-hmm. is a British film. What if they just focused on different things or used different? The different like uh, mindsets, I guess, in the seventies. Maybe they would still be here today. Hammer was stuck in a formula, man. Like it, it, yeah, it was exactly, like exactly, exactly. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't see the writing on the wall soon enough. They tried to change, but they it was too late. By by the time they tried to change, the the whole uh, sort of film going market horror in general had changed. And they yeah. couldn't compete with it. Everyone saw them as stuffy and old-fashioned, even here with a film like this, where they were trying so hard not to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. Um, that being said, I love this film. I think it's good. I, I like it a lot. Like I said, yeah. it was the, the one person I know was the favorite film, favorite Dracula film. Mm-hmm. That goes, I mean, I'll tell you what, my kids growing up always loved horror of Dracula. That was their favorite. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Horror of Dracula is one of the greatest Dracula films ever made. Like, Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you yeah. mine mm-hmm. in the next episode. Oh, okay. Okay. So when we move over to Satanic Rites of Dracula in a few minutes, uh, we'll, we'll hear from Paul on what his favorite Dracula film is. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we're going to talk about Satanic Love Rites you. of Dracula. Do you like music? Mmm. In that case, you're gonna love this. I was into these dudes before anybody. Parted with them all the time.
Satanic Rites of Dracula, 1973. We have a trailer. It's happening right now in London. New York could be next. Or Paris, or Rome, or Tokyo. It's happening right now to this girl. Perhaps it's your turn next. We are not dealing with ordinary criminals. The real force is more sinister, more obscene than any monstrosity you can think of. Lord of corruption, master of the undead. Count Dracula. Nothing is too vile. Nothing is too dreadful. You need to know the terror, the horror. what you want, Count Dracula. A last blaze of utter horror and violence, ghastly annihilation of an entire planet. Is this your own death wish? I call upon you to witness my supreme also known as Dracula is alive and well and living in London. Dracula is dead and well and living in London. Uh, Rights of Dracula. Count Dracula and his vampire bride. Like, what the... I don't even get that fucking title, but that was like the US title for quite a while. I and, have two versions of it with that title. Yeah. Uh, Dracula and his brides and Dracula AD 1972. I can't confirm that last one because that's the title of the last film, but there might have been like a DVD misprinting or something, maybe, and the IMDb just kind of records it, but uh, you never know. Count Dracula and his uh, brides is I mean, Vampire I, Brides is the best title in the world. I mean, there technically there are brides of Dracula in this, in a sense, right? Um, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's a little harm in the crypt, but yeah. that is the before I know satanic rights. I was like, "What is satanic rights of Dracula?" And then I watch yeah. it, I'm like, 
oh, that's Count Dragon, the, the Vampire Bride. So, like, I knew it before then as that. And mm-hmm. now I know it as the Satanic Rides of Dracula, which is my favorite Dracula movie. Oh, okay. Shit. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right on. Uh, so again, again, Christopher Lee as, as Dracula. Uh, Peter Cushing again as Professor uh, Laura Mira Van Helsing. So this is actually the only um, uh, Hammer Dracula film that has consistent like characters going over like with two two films in in, in succession. Um, because, you know, in, in the first horror Dracula, you did have Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Then you had like the Brides of Dracula, which was just Peter Cushing and some like, you know, offshoots of Dracula's legacy or whatever he was taking care of and shit. We got Michael Coles again as Inspector Murray. So again, another crossover character here. Uh, William Franking, Franklin as Torrance. Uh, he popped up in a couple of other, uh, things run around this time most notably the other uh quartermass two quatermass two i should say or also known as enemy from space from hammer um we have freddie jones as professor julian keely uh he t- popped up in stuff like sitting target which is a really great oliver reed film uh zulu dawn firestarter dune crawl <laughs> and the elephant Man. yeah with the old, uh, what was it, the uh, very, very tiny, what's her name? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Tiny Drew Barrymore. Yeah. That's an art. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Drew, pay your people and support fucking strikers, you bitch. You just bitch. Saying, just saying. Just saying. Um, I used to think you were cool, Drew. You're kind of weird, but I, I used to think you were cool. But no, I don't think you're cool anymore. So replacing Stephanie Beecham this time out, we have Joanna Lumley as Jessica Van Helsing. Joanna Lumley, how nice is yeah. that? I'm going to say, you know, boob size reduced, but the red hair makes up for it for me. Joanna always read that, so I'm going to say, how can you say no? Yeah, no, I was I was on board. Uh, she popped up in other stuff like Some Girls Do, The House That Drip Blood, uh, The Abominable yep. Dr. Fibes. All kinds of fun stuff she was in. We got Richard Vernon as Matthews. He popped up in Village of the Damned, Goldfinger, The Tomb of Ly- Tomb of Lygia. Um, God, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, Vincent Price, Tomb of Lygia, one of the better uh, uh, Corman Poe adaptations. Uh, Barbara Yu Ling as uh, Chin Yang. She actually showed up in Hardware later on, quite a, quite a bit later on. Um, Patrick Barr as Lord Carradine. He actually showed up in House of Whipcord. Um, and we have Richard Matthews as Porter, Lockwood West as Freeborn, and Valerie Van Ost as Jane. Synopsis here from Lee Horton again on IMDb says... It's 1974, two years after the events of Dracula, 1972. You don't say. Uh, Strange things are happening. Strange things are happening. Some girls are disappearing from the street, and some of them are secretaries to important people. The police and the Secret Service become interested when rich people, including a lord, are pouring their empires into a foundation in which the boss hasn't been seen, and a photograph of him doesn't produce a figure. The inspector from D-72... Inspector from D72 comes to see Van Helsing 
what is D seven two? Like he's a Scotland Yard. Is, is, yeah. is that what D seven two is? Yeah, it's it's a Scotland Scotland Yard post. Apparently, a, an agent D seven two. Okay. Some kind of agency comes over visit him. He disappears, and then and that's where they get their information from to start the movie. Yeah. So, like, anyway, they they hit up Van Helsing and and Jessica, who's now like helping Van Helsing actively in her, in his cases and stuff. Uh, because they think Dracula's around. Although they don't suspect Dracula. It's fucking Van Helsing who suspects Dracula. So this this synopsis yeah. sucks. Not good. No, it's a shitty synopsis. But the problem is, let's um, get into this film. It's shit. Oh. It, it's, it's literally a James Bond film with Dracula. That shouldn't be I'd, there. I'd say it's even more The Avengers. It's a it's a vendor with motorbikes, Asian yeah. Asian uh, like a female Fu Manchu Asian with yeah. motorbikes and Doctor Who, but <laughs> they seem to tie it together beautifully with Dracula and Van Helsing, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love this film. I like the fact that there's, you know what? Let me just let me just way before we start talking. She has to give the people from the Doom Show a little bit of goodness. It reminds me of a Fulci film. It's very, it's very scatterbrained and weird. It in that has way, right? no fucking plot. It's a fucking mm. house by the cemetery, and I love it. I'm telling you, <laughs> I love this. Is Dracula's house by the cemetery, and I love it. I love the fact that there's a random fucking um, Yoko Ono. That it's just hovering around the gates, giving people a hard time, mm-hmm. not singing correctly. I like the fact that there is this spy that breaks out and then tells everybody about the secret circle that's going on there. And of course, yeah. that's why people want to go and, and, and investigate. So they investigate, obviously, as they should. They break mm-hmm. in the door. They find one of their uh, um, agents captive. And of yeah, course, the, uh, she's a vampire. Even she smiles with big fangs, but yet still gets near a tit, which I'm sad she didn't bite. And then the next thing you know, like there's four more bitches in red, as you do. Mm-hmm. She managed. I like the fact that they break through the door and they go, "Oh, that wasn't me, bro." They just back up. They all back up, like <laughs> no, not totally trying to eat this bitch. You could have all ate that bitch. You know what I mean? Like there was plenty of time to bite that biter, but they all like well, no, they, they, they spend a lot of time. So you know, you got Joanna Lumley here, who is very attractive. They spend a lot of time more like ripping at her clothes and like, yeah. gro- and groping her. Yeah, like, this, this, this is too much time. Dra- Dracula, AD nineteen seventy two. We we teased a lot of titty and, and sex, but we never really showed any. We're gonna do it here. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Like, no, no, it's it's bad. Because the opening is a sacrifice scene, and they keep cutting back to it with uh, this new chick on an altar and with she blood is, all over. Yeah, and yeah. they keep anointing her, and I'm expecting. I'm I'm kind of expecting the. I don't know his name. It's not Michael Goff. It's the other guy. But where he like, no, she's a virgin. Like he's standing <laughs> next to her while she's naked, right there. Like her tits are out. He goes, nope, 
She's definitely a virgin. It's her, it's his kid. And he stabs her in the chest. And I'm waiting for that moment. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, you cut? Fuck. Like, I'm waiting for that moment. And it never comes. Yeah. But, like, that scene is basically so, you know, a little bit of the synopsis I read is right. Like, women are being pulled off the street and they're being put in this sacrifice thing. So, like, you know, you, you see Dracula has the power to hypnotize women and, like, sort of keep yeah. them under his spell and shit. So, like, he's doing that. He's putting them in this sacrifice situation. But Although I don't... I put my little tiny nipply eye together mm-hmm. and I notice when the commandant or the main su- supervisor or whatever you want to call him rushes mm-hmm. down to save the agent again... And the uh, <laughs> the guy that looks like every other uh, Michael yeah. Michael Goff in every scene, yeah, the stabber, guy. you can see a titty when it gets stabbed. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Oh yeah, they they stab under the titty actually. Like the he takes the stake and he goes yeah, like in under, under the rib cage. You still see the titty while it's being stabbed. So I was like, oh, I'm good now. That's all. I yeah, need. no, I'm very simple. It's very, it's very, it's very brief, but it's a very good like hammer. It's very brief, but I call it bullshit because if you look at the next shot, you can clearly see she's wearing a bra. Yeah, that's true. A white fucking bra. It's one of those things that happens in movies sometimes. Unfortunately, I'm a little wrong from Hammer sometimes. However, Mm. sometimes Hammer and like especially the, the Spanish films are like, oh. Here's me. I'm just sitting here with full boobs and full bush. Hi. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's the standard I'm working with here, guys? Like, what yeah. is going on? Because the next film I got nothing, and the next film I got bush and tits. Like, what am I working with? Yeah. But, you know, they obviously tried to sex this up quite a bit. And, I mean, you know, success. It, like, that, that naked chick that they sacrificed and she becomes a vampire like that. We, yeah. we basically, we basically see how Dracula gets his vampire brides. And I guess that's the only reason for it, because otherwise, like, why are you doing these sacrifices? Dracula is already established in this film as being around. Like we don't get a yeah. resurrection yep. like we do in the other films. No, we don't get anything like that. We just get this, we get this weird satanic, uh, cult thing. Mm-hmm. And we have this weird, like, Again, that that seventy four like psychomania dirt bike vibe that's, thing. Going that's on. what I. That's where I was going when I when I told you it's like okay, these bikers, Dracula needs to trade these fucking schlubs in. He's got working for him for the psychomania dudes because they can't be killed. That's Cause right. Because his, his bikers in this, he's he's got this whole cadre of bikers in these like fucking woolly like vests and shit that looks stupid as fuck. Uh, they die pretty quick. Like, several of them just die easy. There's only, like, one guy who looks like Charles Bronson who has any sort of, like, <laughs> ability to do anything. He's the sniper dude with the mustache. Mm-hmm. But outside of him, the rest of them, they they drop off like fucking flies, dude. Like, they just get murdered all the time. And I was like, oh, yeah. you, need the, you need the Psychomania biker gang, dude. That's yeah, what you need. They will not fuck around. Yeah. But... Yeah, so you know, this is very much an Avengers episode that yeah. kind of shoehorns Dracula into it. Like, like honestly, this could have this li- literally could have been 
a very cut and dry, I wouldn't say one part, but two part episode of a TV series. Yeah, and uh, I I think, if I'm not mistaken, I I didn't write this down, I should have, but Alan Gibson did do some Avengers, I think. uh, No, he did do some Avengers, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this is very on point for him. And I think it works, though, because here's the thing, like, it's it's got continuity with the previous film. And you know why it works? I'll tell you why it works. It works right. because the fucking people they put in place, they do such a good goddamn job. Again, the performances are really good. They, yeah. like, the guy who, who makes the disease, I love oh, his fucking Oh, he's scene. fucking fantastic. He's fucking he's fantastic. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, and so is like again, uh, Peter Cushing, amazing in his role. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee playing a fucking banker, like Christopher Lee as Dracula playing a banker. Like yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> and then Christopher Lee meeting him and like, and then he spins around like, "Yeah, I'm Dracula. What the fuck are you going to do about it?" I'm like, oh, this, is great. "This is the best thing I've ever seen. It's this such, is amazing." It's such a it's such a weird thing to to see this like kind of shoehorned in, but I mean it does it work is. and 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 it's, like I mean they hint the best thing is they hint about it in Dracula eighty nineteen seventy two where you know Inspector Murray's talking to his colleagues and she's like oh yeah we had Van Helsing help us with this other thing years ago you know this like witchcraft cult thing that we we fucking you know crack down on and it's like oh we got you know government agencies like looking at cults and shit and that's actually what's happening here because the guy who's captured by the cult in the opening who escapes yeah he was he was a mole in the cult right the agency was actively like staking out this cult because it's like an illuminati kind of cult yeah. right Right, and and they were like, oh, we gotta because there's there's like a minister and like some other like higher ups right. and government yeah. And shit. Yeah, yeah, and they were showing pictures of those people in in the cult that that were yeah. in there. And, uh, yeah, and you know, of course, Dracula. The, there was a picture of Dracula, and the, the guy didn't know better, but it's like you can't capture Dracula on film, so it's a blank picture. It's like, oh, he must have fucked this one up. It's like, oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I got I got to point out there's a there's a Sam Peckinpah kind of like tribute in this film uh, because one of the um, the uh, the sort of government agent dudes, the older dude, um, you know they they get picked off right by snipers. The, the, he finds the one guy in the car already shot, and then he gets shot in a slow motion, and he gets like really good. Like I'm like hammer. Yes, where was this the whole time? The squib work that's done, where he gets like several bullets, and it's just like chunks of meat flying out of this dude. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh fuck! Like that—that's really good, really great moment in this film. That's, the thing is, like that makes me so sad about Hammer. We had the ability to make classics. Still, mm-hmm. what happened? The market wasn't there for them anymore. Is uh, I think it's a big problem. Yeah. Like well, I, again, it was. You again, and I it was, were in charge. God damn it. <laughs> we weren't <laughs> there to. We weren't there to fucking make the big decisions. Yeah. Damn. But you know, it, it was just 
uh, again, like sadly, it was just like too little, too late. Like they, they I'll, didn't. I'll pro- they, what, didn't they didn't progress earlier. I like this film quite a bit because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I like the simplicity. It's chaos. It's stupid. It's simple. I love the fact that Dracula is trying to not even just create, but almost exhilarate his own demise. It is a, of, it is a completely self-perpetuating um, bonfire he's trying to create. Yeah, so like we we established in the previous film that like Dracula just keeps getting resurrected. Like he's like a phoenix, like Van Helsing says. And this film kind of addresses it in the sense that Dracula's kind of like, I just want to die. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I want to take everyone with me I at love, the same time. No, I love the fact, and this is the thing, I'm a very principled person, so principles mean a lot to me. I'll tell you what, like whole-scale whole principles. I love the fact that Dracula is so principled. He won't kill himself, but mm-hmm. he'll kill every motherfucker around him first. And like, he wants to ki- I he won't wants kill to just- myself, but I'll kill every motherfucker I need to live, motherfucker. He wants, he wants to destroy the world with this new super bu- bubonic plague that he's developed. He's, he's had so he has develop no one to feed him. Yeah, so he'll have no one to feed on. Eventually, he's going to die. At the same time, he tells uh, Van Helsing, I've captured your granddaughter. She's going to be untouched and pure, and she's not going to die from the plague. So, like, is is he saying that she's going to live on in a dead world after both everyone else dies and Dracula dies? Like, is that the implication? Honestly, though, it's almost like a, hey... If God does exist, she will live in a new Bethlehem untouched. It's almost like a, like one of those kind of things. Like like hey hey by the way, I I captured your daughter or your granddaughter. She's pure. So when she dies, if you're piece of shit fucking God, think about how Dracula would do it. Like your piece of shit fucking God is actually existing. You know, whoop, whoopity boop. If this new Bethlehem or whatever makes it, your daughter, your granddaughter will be fine. Like it's it's it's, right. it's one of those weird, almost like like I'm being cynical, but I'm actually not being cynical. Like I killed her without killing her, and if she I mean, does it, she's good. I mean, these movies definitely establish that like the Christian God does exist. In some yeah, form or which another, is right? not true, but yeah. but in yeah. the in the movies, it's definitely a thing. I mean, there there is um, Dracula's risen from the grave, where the the atheist has to like find his faith to be able to kill Dracula, right? Yeah. So you know, the, the there is that <laughs> kind of thing running through this. <laughs> Who knows, Lee? Maybe in a uh, ten years, and I like Lee and Paul will be. Vampire hunters will have to do it ourselves. Jesus Christ, uh, I I don't like the. You're not the world. Me. I'm kind of lazy, but I will totally spur you on. 
I don't like the world's chances if we have to fight a vampire apocalypse and invoke God to do so, because that's going to be a problem. But here's the thing is, it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. If you whop them with a stake in the chest, they still die. Mm, I'm not going to stab him with a silver dagger, apparently, though, because that's It's okay. You. I'm not really a vampire. I just got to bite him my leg. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not even bit. Fuck you. <laughs> I think I'm just yeah. going to go I'm that route. How how long before we just start staking everybody? And it doesn't I'm going to stake everybody immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a week. We're just staking everybody. Yeah, I'm staking everybody immediately. Lee, I know you're good because you're going to stake everybody else too. <laughs> Lee, hi, thank God. <laughs> I'm staking everybody. Don't stake me. <laughs> Before we leave, let me just say I know Satanic Rise of Dracula is a hard one. I know Satanic Rise of Dracula is like three different movies shummed into one movie. Mm-hmm. But because the fact I like. Satanic Rex of Dracula the Bust doesn't mean it's the best film. And I no, know I... Satanic Rex of Dracula, we didn't talk about it, has the worst and shittiest goddamn death a Dracula ever faced. Well, I'm just going to walk through these thorns. I'm just going to walk through the odds. I keep walking through these thorns. I don't know why all these thorns are here. And then I'm See, just going to is... fall down and just. See this. This is another instance. Sorry of what that. we of what of what we talked about in the previous film with the running water, where it's like anyone not familiar vampire lore is going to go like, "What the fuck?" It's a thorn. Like, it's a thorns of Christ's crown. No, no it, it, yeah, it's it's a hawthorn bush, right? So yeah, so it actually is within vampire mythology that it is something you can use to fight vampires with. Yeah, of but, course. But, but anybody and like they, they do briefly mention it in the film, but you're good. You're not going to pick it up. Like no one's watching this and going like, Oh yeah, yeah. he mentioned this earlier. Fucking anyone walking this film is like, what the fuck? Like what? Why is Christopher? Why is Christopher Lee having this problem with this thorn bush? Why does he just walk around it? What the fuck is going on? Exactly. Yeah. No, no. I'm just saying that because, like, I really, really love this film, but the end is so bad that no one will know why it's the way it is. But at at, at the very least, I'll say at least it's the thorn bush basically sort of sticks Christopher Lee up, holds him up. And gives Van Helsing enough time to stake him is what eventually it's happens. It's kind of like uh, if you read uh, Dracula, and then you'll realize that like the thorn bush, the rose bush. If you throw a rose bush in a werewolf's mouth, it burns him and holds mm. him in place and does the whole thing. It's with werewolves and the whole deal. It's just, it's it's the same thing. It, it's it's the curse of trying to modernize this and then like sell it to a modern audience. It's like. No one's going to buy that shit. Everyone just looks well, at this I, and goes like... like I would say that you didn't mention it. I figure I would. Yeah. No, and like, and you know, anyone watching this movie in 1974 goes like, is is that it? Is that how you kill Dracula? Because honestly, Dracula goes down like a bitch in this film. Yes, he's he got does. This, I hate he's it. Got the, I hate yeah, it. Because he's, he's got this big master plan, and it's like, oh, great master plan. You got the bubonic plague. You're going to like 
I you know, fact- by the way, I love the plague victims of this film. Mm-hmm. When yeah, it actually, what a one! I'll tell you what, Academy Award goes to the guy who made the plague before he gets <laughs> yeah. hung. Academy Award, fucking yeah, 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 yeah. acting. And then because he he he's sad about it too. He doesn't want he he's sad about it. Remember when 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 Peter Cushing gets shot and he's like, no, mm-hmm. don't blame me, don't blame me at all. Like, oh, like there was a lot of emotion there. There was a whole fucking. I wish people could act like that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what no, a he, fucking acting award goes to that. Yeah, because that guy, he that's like the epitome of like sticking a great British actor into like a film like this, where you've got like five minutes screen time go. Yeah, you fucking nailed it, and fucking nails it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, 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 and of course, when the guys who get the plague on them and all the uh, special effects that goes to the all the budget that went to this film, by the way, went to this, and uh, they, much, yeah. they, it was amazing. It was so good. I loved it, and I love this film because I knew what was going on. The plague, like the worst plague that man has ever had. Is going on in that room in that five minutes, and yeah. by the way, thankfully gets burned away by fire, which saves up the world at yeah. the end of it. So, like, wow, what a film! What mm-hmm. a film! And I and what a I film. guess I guess I guess Van Helsing learns the lesson here. It's like, oh, Dracula's ring is left over. I'll just take that. You know, so no, so no more Dracula disciples can like. Take the ring and start the ritual and over again. Everyone needs a, a lesson, and that's his lesson. Everyone, every film needs a lesson. God damn it! Yeah. Now, let me take this. I'm sick of this fucking Dracula resurrection bullshit. We won't have a goddamn <laughs> Dracula AD 1983 because of this shit. You know, what I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. This film was stupid, and I'm glad it happened. But I'm really actually more unhappy the first film happened. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> actually, I, re- I actually would have loved Dra- the Satanic Rise of Dracula. I'm actually more unhappy that the first film happened. I like this one more. I think I, I, think I like this one more. What do you think? Um, I'm kind of thinking you're on the, like, on the page of... This works better for you if the first one this didn't happen. This works better for me because it's a simpler screen play. It's a simpler thing. I like. I actually like the simplicity. There's a cult. Who knows what the cult's about? The cult's about Dracula. Why is it about Dracula? Dracula wants the end of the world. Let's stop this. We stop the end of the world. The end. This yeah. And this one isn't try. This one isn't trying hard to be like. Look how seventies we are. No, exactly. It's boom, 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 boom. It has a, it's a weird synopsis, but it's still a, a concise synopsis. Yeah, because it, it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any of that, like, 70s youth culture shit going on or anything like that. Because the uh, Jessica Van Helsing character is presented here. She's already, like, now a 20-something mature woman. 30 at who's... least. Yeah, yeah. 30, I can't find a guy because I'm a victim. You know, yeah, she she unfortunately she's just a screaming victim in this one, but yeah, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, both both these films. Uh, oh, I actually do have a box office for this one. Oh, um, Didn't have one from the previous one, but uh, two hundred twenty. Really? Yeah, two hundred twenty-three thousand four hundred fifty Great uh, Britain pounds at the at the time. Five bucks. Yeah, so five bucks. It made the mm. this did not make as much money as the previous one, and there that was kind of one of the big reasons that I think Hammer's like. We're probably not going to do too much more Dracula shit. Christopher Lee was like, "I'm done." Peter they Cushing was spread it out far enough, so yeah. Uh, Peter Cushing stayed on for you know seven Golden Vampires, but after that, he was done too. Although, although he he comes back for an episode of um, Hammer uh, House of Horror. Oh, Silent Scream! Yeah, Silent Scream, which is really yeah. good. Replay. Oh, it's plays so a, good. He plays a Nazi. That was so good. And that's got Brian Cox in it. As, oh, uh, as, so good. I'm giving away. It's so good. We should do yeah. an episode. We, we should probably cover Hammer oh, or some horror so or something. So don't we give it away. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, both, both of these films, you can find them on uh, DVD, Blu-ray, Amazon Prime, Voodoo, iTunes, Google Play, stuff like that. They're, they're pretty widely available, so you shouldn't have too much trouble. If you want to see them, you can definitely see them. What's the Nazi submarine one? They did. Nazi submarine one? Yeah. The, oh, the, you mean, the, oh, you mean the Nazi zombie movie, Shockwaves? Shockwaves, yeah. When did he do that? 1980? That was uh, 76, was 77? 80, 80. No, it wasn't the 80s. It was late 70s. 79, 70, 80? Somewhere around there. Like 77 to 79, somewhere around there. Shockwave. But uh, you should definitely, definitely hold up on the, I think, 1989, I thought it was. Uh, not 80, sorry. No, no. Shockwave. Shockwave is not... 1989. No, no, I meant 79. Yeah, Shockwaves. 77. There you go. 77. Okay. The before his wife passed away. That's sad. Uh, he, 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 well, honestly, after Shockwaves, his wife passed away. He needed something to keep going because there's just, I don't know what he did after that. But, well, I mean, he did. He, he, are he, amazing. He, he did a little film called Star Wars. I don't know that film. I never watched it because that's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid if you watch it. Stupid. The amount of stuff he did after this in the seventies was pretty crazy. Like he didn't slow down until the eighties. I I really apologize. I've never watched Star Wars. I that's fine. You don't don't have to apologize for that. I'm I'm envious of you. That's fine. I just don't even know what you're talking about. So. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's cool. I mean, he's in it. It's not like it's a superior performance. I know Christopher Lee was in Star Wars. Yeah, the later ones, yeah. Yeah. Because he lived to 150 or whatever. But, you know. 195. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like, I, like, I like Christopher Lee because he was in the Hobbit movies. He was in in Lord of the Rings, and of course he was at his house. By the way, mm-hmm. the uh, the 
the stuff he did in the Hobbit was at his house, not on screen. Obviously, he was very old at the time. But you yeah. know what? I appreciate super ooper duper ooper duper appreciate the fact that he did that. So super awesome. Um, I mean, that's that's just another thing with like we were talking about um, how much he loved uh, Dracula. So, yeah, like, Dracula. He, super Tolkien. He, he loved he, Tolkien. He loved everything. Yeah. Apparently he. Yeah. Apparently he. Lo- he. You know, read Lord of the Rings like at least once every year. No, he met J.R.R. Tolkien like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. Like he he met J.R.R. Tolkien. Like he loves that shit. And I like, but you know what? The one thing I love more than that is you. And I want to say I am so happy to be on this this podcast again. So thank you very much. I love you too, dude. Well, you know what? We don't we don't get that enough on this channel. I would say that we don't get the brotherly love enough on this podcast. So, thank you for for once again inviting me into your little comfort space mm-hmm. and sharing my thoughts and opinions with these beautiful people. Yeah, and I will say cheers to you, sir. Cheers, and I like. Cheers. I actually really like uh, Satanic Rites of Dracula. I think it's my little... Um, I would call this my guilty pleasure. Yeah, if you want to use guilty pleasure as a term, I, I can I can see that, yeah. Yep, uh, I'll tell you what. Satanic Rites of Dracula is my guilty pleasure. If I wanted to uh, introduce people to um, that, I would do Horror of Dracula, of course, which mm-hmm. is my kid's favorite film. And then after that, I would probably do a little bit different thing. Like, you know, like, what's your favorite Christopher Lee? I, then I would start doing the whole Lord of the Rings thing. I would pull that in there, stuff like that. But right now, I'm going to say Satanic Rites of Dracula is still my number one go-to into the heart film. And thank you, good sir, for letting me join. Oh, awesome. So, plug your shit, dude. Oh, Paul Romantley here. PA Brew News for beer reviews on YouTube. PA Outdoors Couple for camping-related videos on YouTube, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Instagram, and oil paintings by P. P. Romantley on Instagram and painting with PA Brew News on YouTube. It's a lot of words, but you know what? That's all I am. The, the, they'll all be linked in the show notes. I actually forgot to do it in the intermission episodes. I said I was going to do it. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah, worry about it. They'll, they'll be in the show notes. This is the big Halloween I episode. You know, I, I, I'll tell you what. I really like being on. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel good. Yeah, you are my feel-good go-to source. I mean, I'm that for a lot of people, but it means more I mean, coming from with, with Not even talking about your OnlyFans. I'm just talking about your regular stuff. Yeah, you, you know, even the regular stuff's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find all of our shit. Uh, you, you know the spiel. It's, it's, it's going to repeat in the outro, too, so, you know... You, you lucky bastards, you're going to hear that again. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Lee Van Teeth, the Wolfman, his show is going to be on Halloween's day. This this show is coming up before that. It should drop on uh, Halloween Eve. So, 
yeah, so you got a lot of stuff to listen to, and uh, yeah, I don't know what's coming up in November. We're going to see what the schedule is. Lady Lee is still doing her teacher's training, so that's fucking with her schedule and shit, so hey, who knows? If you're unlucky, you might get me back. I mean, we might get Paul back, definitely. Paul's schedule has opened up. It has become more copacetic, so... Uh, no. We'll get more. We'll get more Paul on the fucking podcast. That's, that's kind of what's going on. I don't know. The future. The future is limitless. I got it's some limitless. werewolf uh, werewolf wolf based songs. Maybe I'll throw one to Lee here to put on his uh, Wolfman Lee podcast. There you go. Get a little I werewolf could, song base. I could do that. Yeah, you send that to me. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll throw it over to Lee Van Teeth. See what he thinks. Yeah. He has the ultimate say. He does. I I don't get along with the guy, but you know, when, when he takes over the studio, he takes over the studio and I just I get gotta it. let I get it happen. It. Yeah. He's long in tooth and he has a lot of things to say. He does. He's a very opinionated wolf man, but um, yeah. Again, kudos to you and kudos to you guys watching. Thank you for letting me join this podcast again. This has been Paul yeah. from Behavior News. And I am going to drink some beer and pass out very soon. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get in here. Goodbye.
You've been listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.